the smell on the air is familiar also. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm sitting around the table with the Forgotten Four, and today we're going to continue their adventure, and they're going to introduce their characters. They're going to give me their name, their race, their class, and their question for the day comes from our patron, Brian, who says, what is the best advice your character has ever received, and who is it from? All right. Uh, my name is Baron Barnabas, and I'm a Goliath fighter. My piece of advice, smartest person I know was don't trust mysterious, powerful children. Who said yep. that? I think it was Barnabas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, I am Robert playing Ranger the Moonlit, um, level nine, Ranger Rogue. Best advice? I'd say it would be off the back of um, Braxton when he was, like, expiring, <laughs> I guess we'll say, um, where he was telling Rengar to... Um, that he'll get the most out of what he puts into the boy. So that would probably be, yeah, the so best advice he's got. Is, is that put a knife in, you get a big knife <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Uh My name is Brett. I play Morven Osranus, uh, level nine evocation high elf wizard. Uh, best advice I got was from my mentor, and he basically said, get out if you want to learn more. So... Go out and he was just trying to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I was his favorite. No, it's like all these freaking questions, dude. Just fuck off. <laughs> uh, last but certainly not least, we have Jacko. Uh, yep, name's Jacko. I play Gorgon Port, the buckler, a uh, barbarian half orc. And uh, the best advice Gorgon Bort has gotten is from a uh, bartender or a tavern. Is called, what are they called? Tavern tender? Tavern keeps. Tavern keeps, um, which was. You know, he was obviously on the piss that night and to blindly trust people that are smarter than you. Don't read books. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know why Gorgonbord is with Morvan. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Two unlikely friends. Uh, and I'm Aaron. I'm your dungeon master. And the best advice I ever gotten was just wait and see. Just wait and see. Yeah. This two shall pass. Just wait and see. And who said this? My father. Oh. My daddy. Just wait and see. It'll be fine. And so maybe it was just like neglect. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, son. Yeah. Wait and see. Well, what sounds more sentimental than I don't fucking know? Just wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> just wait and see. <laughs> just wait and see. All right, guys, we're going to kick into our recap. Last time you guys left off, you had traveled back to Cadmia from your long span in the dry expanse. Ren was with the party and you had plans to take him back to the Odyssey to find him a good education and parental figure to raise him up good and well. Uh, you were able to meet Arden. You told him the unfortunate news that his uh, one and only son Braxton had unfortunately sacrificed himself to save Ren, whom he was very distrustful towards. You then decided that being given the information from Morven that some of these arms of virtue needed to be found you decided to try and repair Rengar's uh, Blades of Gorsi. You went to Glory. He gave you some advice on how that may be done, and he ostentatiously uh, showed the entire Citadel <laughs> the one vestige that you did have in the form of Sunflare and uh, Barnabas was wielding. What a legend. Yeah, what a legend. Uh, and after that, you guys went to the Wissonia where you saw Siraj extremely exhausted. You used a few different scry spells and you also saw that she had the use of an amplifying device and you were able to see that your 
master craftsman that you were going to get to repair the blades, whose name was Tiro, had unfortunately, as Rob would say, expired. <laughs> yes, expired. Uh, and as he was expired, you had to come up with a plan B. You knew that Tiro had a student, so you went to find Karen. And upon doing so, as a result of that, you also found his location from a sending spell from Morven. He resided in Delambia. You guys having never been to Delambia, the teleportation would be risky, so you decided to go somewhere close, which was Menitis, and you would make the trek west across some mountains in order to get there. So you did so. You made your way through the forest, heading towards the west, and you also found that that forest was in fact corrupted, blighted, and full of undead. Uh, knowing this to be a bad omen and destroying the ones that you came across, but waiting and seeing if it will end up being bad for somebody else, you guys on your mission tracked towards your goal. And that is where we cut in. So as you guys make your way out of this forest that lays behind you, the eastern road that you had been traveling on seeming less and less blighted the further away you get from Menitis. It becomes a curious afterthought for you as you look towards the path ahead. You can see a small wooded glade area and some mountains that seem to encompass your entire view, blocking whatever is beyond. You can see a small winding path leading up one of the mountainsides and you know that to be your destination as the four of you stand looking towards one another. Barnabas, can you please roll a history check for me? 17. As you look at these mountains, you'd never approached them from or this particular one from this side before, but you know and are familiar with this range. You being a mountain folk, you know that your people lie within its valleys and peaks. The smell on the air is familiar also. You know that your tribe being, or your herd being quite nomadic, they definitely place themselves along different peaks at different times. Judging by the time in the year and the position that you're currently in, how far south you are, you don't really expect meeting any, but there may be some safe spots along the road that you know about as a result of your past. With this knowledge, what would you guys like to do? Uh, someone's quite banged up from our last uh, encounter with the undead. Yeah, I got about 10 hit points left. Plenty. Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, these hills, these cliffs, mountains, home of my, uh, my tribe, find a place. Oh, lucky to be a place we can rest. Very good. Uh, just a quick rest, because what? it's still early-ish day, late evening. Or? It is just coming into daytime as you guys uh, got here. So we don't need a long rest. So mm. we can find some camp for an hour, have a quick breather. We actually have a path to Tron. Tron? No, you, you know where he is. Oh, you know, you know that he lies in Delambir. Mm. You don't know the path to him. And even when you get to Delambir, you don't know where he is in Delambir. Okay. Yeah. But we know Delambir. So we have a... You know because you've seen a map. Bearing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the bearing is west. If you get yeah, to the yeah. coast um, and you see the Bay of Fathoms, there's a forested area there and you know that Delambir lies along that coast. So if you hit the coast and you go north a bit, you know that you'll probably find Delambir before you hit the territories, uh, war... Land bridge. So if you hit that land bridge, you've gone too far. Yeah. And we'll probably die. Mm. So yeah. Shall we find somewhere to have a breather and to recover from our latest battle? Okay. So as the four of you cross the road, make your way through the wooded area, parting branches as you need to. 
Your feet finally hit the rocky surface of the mountain, and I'll get Barnabas to roll a survival check, and Rengar can too, but Barnabas can have advantage. I'll give Barney advantage. Okay. Not bad. Uh, that is a 21. All right. So what does your tracking look like as you make it up the, the mountain, Barnabas? Oh, as the mountainous that I'm looking towards, peaks that I've been described before, just packing them down and hunting for a cave or something that I know would be built there to, to house us and might find a safe space. So I'm looking for those familiar or telltale signs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I happen to see one. Yes, you do. <laughs> as your eyes go from below the horizon, you do in fact see winding through one of the rocky paths that seem to collide into one another, almost creating a tunnel-like instance. You lead your party through there after about 20 minutes of ascension, and you can see and hear a small trickle that seems to indicate a water source. You know that your tribes and clans and herds had looked for these as places to, to bed down. As you begin to make your way toward it, you can see that there seems to be quite a few passageways into this area. And as the rest of you look up, you can see that there are rocky mountainous cliff sides that seem to go upwards. It's almost like you're sitting in this, this valley, um, this valleyed area. And as you get there, you look around and you can see that there doesn't appear to be any instances of life at this moment. But all of you without a check are able to definitely notice that this place had probably housed an encampment before. So as you get there, you begin to roll out your packs. And Baron, I'll say you having a look around are able to see footprints, different sorts of hides that have been left behind, various different uh, weaponry, you might say, from hunting parties that have sort of been laid. But you also see something that distresses you a little bit. As you look towards the ground, you can see a chain that seems to be uh, laid into the actual stone. And you can just see it glinting off of what sunlight is just peeking over at the moment. And this chain sort of looks to be circling around a particular area. Uh, as you look at this particular area, can you roll a survival check, please, to see if you can get any more details? Uh, 14. Okay. So the rest of the party bedding down behind you, you get onto your hands and knees and you pull this chain and you can see that it seems to be attached to the ground. As you pull, up, pull, 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 and you end up actually relieving some of it from the ground, you can see that there appears to be pitons or pythons that seem to chain it to the floor. As you look towards particular parts, you pull one off and you can see that there are handcuffs that seem to be on different parts of it as well. Right. My people aren't known to be restrainers or slavers as far as I know, so this is uh, unusual. The weaponry, the leathers, and the chains, do I get any sense of timelines? Am, am I thinking the tracks are, are they in an area that would be disturbed or are they in within the cave where, where they wouldn't They're just them? up on the outside and as you guys get there to the left of you, you can see a small pool of water that seems to be rushing down from a trickle that, that comes down and it's almost like in a in a alcove in the in the rocky area you can see it would provide some shelter from the rain but these chains seem to be sitting toward the northern side of this camp a little bit further away and they seem to um they seem to be sitting there not quite rusted but the hides and the weaponry that you see probably a couple of months old yeah okay yeah i'll let the guys these these chains wouldn't be usual in one of these safe spaces so just be alert the water should be safe but if something changed um then it might be by outside influence. It seems someone else has been here and set up a uh, a place to restrain people or captives. Does it look like those um, handcuffs uh, have been broken out of or they've been let They un- seem unlocked. fully intact. They seem intact. Okay. Uh, are they big enough to restrain a Goliath or? Yes. They seem actually purpose-built for Goliath wrists and, and ankles. So they've let them out. Well. Or let them off or. Like, or they've just taken them somewhere else. Taken them somewhere else, yeah, but yeah. I imagine Goliaths make good slaves. Wrong. 
and stubborn. <laughs> so maybe not great slayers. Yeah, resist the cold. Yeah. What are, uh, did you say there haven't been any tracks or footprints? There's some footprints. As in recent, I should say. I think they're recent. They were near the. Or near these the... months old, along with the. Chains. Well, you haven't really looked at any sort of footprints beyond the encampment area as of yet. But the ones that you see, they're very hard to track and spot because they are a couple, like maybe a month or two old, like a, a season or two old for you. Are they they booted or are they? Are they I see some sort of a animal track. Are they? There are booted? some animal tracks and there are some booted tracks, but the animal tracks are. Um, you know that they're from beasts of burden that you would have in your yep. in your herd. Looking around the encampment, there doesn't appear to be any sort of forms of struggle that you can immediately see in the encamped area. If they are <clears throat> if they are enslaved, will they be are they the sort of people that'll be keen to fight for us if we're like, hey, let's go. Whoever's there. No Goliath likes being so yes, absolutely. Rally against their uh, Cool. Just want to make sure they're not gonna go for us. They don't get us confused with, I don't want to fight a bunch of Goliaths. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) You're wiser than you look. Barnabas, is there any particular reason your kind would enslave one another? You would know that although the the tribes are sometimes rivals, they still have a unification against everyone else, if you know what I mean. Like they're very respectful of each other's territories to the point where they will band together to help another if they're in danger so we're we're highly unlikely in this scenario to face other uh how can i put this violent towards you and it's that you didn't have any i'm not saying they have to be friendly but they if we do find someone that's being slaved they're unlikely to be slaves are not going to be other goliaths and there's no no you can't think back and maybe have found an instance where this has occurred before people trying to enslave your kind well, there's been fools in the past mm, you you can recall some instances where uh, the copper ring have tried to enslave your kind before because as Morvan said they do make good slaves if you can have one but it had been a fool's errand every time the Goliaths have thwarted it yeah. thumped them basically and um, and if any of them did manage to get captured they would come down on them like a raging storm or avalanche. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say uh, Rengar will walk towards Barnabas and he'll he'll grab the chain. I'm going to cast Detect Magic and just see if it's like a magical chain or if the restraint is a bit more than what it looks like or even if there is something else in this area that might. So you get your wand out, you flick it between your fingers and you see this massive radar just come from Rengar. And as you look around, there doesn't appear to be any magic coming from the the chain. But you do sense a type of divination magic coming from the wall that seems to be behind the chain. As you look up with your detect magic, you can see what looks like a scratch in the rock almost illuminate. And there seems to be this orange ember-like glow coming from this symbol uh, that you probably don't understand. And I'll say, Morvan, I think uh, think we need you over here. Go up, have a look, and can I cast Identify? on this see if it's uh what the spell is uh it doesn't appear to be any type of magical spell or any glyph that holds a spell it seems to be a hidden like hidden language or not really a hidden language but a hidden label almost so there is some sort of um there there's like some non-detection there so passers by can't readily see it but there doesn't appear to be any spell behind it it just seems when the detect magic popped it revealed the label that you if you can read it it's in giant 
and it basically just says pit one, like P-I-T one. And you can probably take that as categorizing or segregation, like sorting basically, or even um, labeling particular parts of the mountain area as if they're mapping it out in a uh, methodical fashion. I think it's, I think it's both just indication of what place they called them local rather uh, no, you know, you understand giant and some of your people speak a dialect of giant, but this is, this is old school giant. This is from giants. This is carved by them. And you can see that it's probably an indication that this is one particular area in a large gridded map of different areas. So you can imagine there would be a pit two or a pit three or a pit 47, for example, and they would methodically go through to these areas that they know your people exist at and um and do what they do there so you seeing this categorization it worries you a little bit this uh magical glyph am i sensing that it could be used for scrying being divination or is it simply a it was carved in but and there's some remnants of magic it's like an illusory script basically it sits in the wall and it cannot be detected unless you use a magic to detect it. So there doesn't appear to be anything else on there. But you know how scrying magic works. If there's something here that's left, they can detect it. Would it be possible that giants capture Goliath and then release them for sport? Is that something giants would do or giants would just capture Goliath? And, but would a giant keep Goliath as slaves? Or why would a, or would they just kill him outright? What's the relationship between them? Basically, for in, in the Goliath hierarchy, Goliaths are a type of, of giant folk, you might say, but they have separated themselves from regular giant kin because they were always oppressed. Uh, giants have a very uh, strict structure of social standing where one particular giant, if you are, say, for example, a cloud giant, you are higher on the totem pole than a hill giant, for example. And if you are the lowliest of low cloud giant, you are still higher than the king of the hill giants, so to speak. Goliaths fall at the very bottom of that giant totem pole. So the giants feel very entitled to take what they want from Barnabas's people because they feel like it's their social rights because they're the bottom of the pecking order. And way, way, way long ago, Barnabas's people basically broke away from that. like. Scottish and British sort of thing. Scottish just broke away and said, no, we're not doing that no more. The Giants can also claim um, basically tributes. So the Giants in the area, um, basically me being here is a form of protection. So you guys have to pay me your livestock or is that a, could that be another scenario here? It could. Or would Goliath basically say, fuck off, Giants? We're not going to be under you. They would definitely be taking them for a purpose that's known to themselves. So you know, Barnabas, that your people would probably have been taken for a reason known only to the Giants at this stage. But you know that when you were here and part of these herds, the Giants were talked about like, like bedtime cautionary tales, something to be aware of and why children shouldn't wander off in the mountain pass all by themselves. They had never reared their head but the stories do come from an ancient time where it may or possible may have possibly been true so giants in this area are actually unknown to you so it may be a recent not in your lifetime yeah yeah not sure about anyone else but i feel dalnax resurgence has definitely played a part in things 
being different to what they were. Just look at Monitus and us walking through there and, you know, in general. So we know from the tome that he was able to release certain people. Um, pages were lost. Things were um, strewn throughout our timeline now. So there is a chance that possibly he's been in contact. That's not, not putting together an army, is he? Well, I think we're all under no inhibitions that Delnak is definitely putting together an army and yeah. also likes to try and make sure that uh, we're never on his trail too too much. So this could also be a bit of a distraction or maybe another way to corrupt and um, take away from his true goals. So talked about these giants, but we see any signs of giant folk, big footprints? I'll say you guys begin fanning out and you can all roll survival checks as you... What time of the day is it? Sorry, Aaron. Mid-morning now. Mid-morning. 11. 13. Gorgonbord, as you fan out and Morvan does as well, your remaining party members seem distracted at the camp. Morvan, you don't see too much, but you across one of the rocky surfaces see a very large gash that doesn't appear to be natural. You can see that it's probably been created by a very sharp blade and a very thick and large blade at that. Mm, okay. Um, so you do see an instance that possibly an attack happened here, maybe from... A definitely blade. It could be an animal, but if it was, they're usually three-clawed or yep. oh, some okay, sort of yep. pattern. It's a single slash. It looks very intentionally made. Hey, guys, look over here. There is a slash here from what I predict to be a blade. At that, Rango will, will flick into soldier mode and have a bit of a... A glance at it to try and gauge size and type yep. of weapon. So now you can investigate. Uh, that's going to be a 14. It's definitely created by a blade just based on the trajectory of the slice in the rock. You can see it tapers down to a point. It goes quite uh, quite a fair distance. Sorry, what's the ground look like in that area? Is it all like scuff marks and whatnot? People, um, The rocky floor around? here is pretty hard, but oh, yeah. I'll say, Rengar, with your check, you do see some scuff marks that might indicate two large footprints had been manoeuvring their way almost like in a in a sword fighting fashion you can see maybe some some curves and maybe some arcs and some some divot balls in these rocks where uh, a crushing of a large weight had occurred so you can maybe indicate that a, a conflict happened here what's the height of this cave it's a cavern it's open topped but oh, the cavern okay. area that you were in was probably 30 or so feet as it was like a an indent or an alcove in the cliff face so as you look at this as well, Rangar, you can probably see that it's there is some weathering around the edges of what you see, so you think it happened a little while ago. Mm. Whether you guys are safe here, you can't be certain based on your current check. Yep. Did you want me to pop a tiny hut? So at least nothing can rise up. I think that's a, that's a really good idea. More than I've not seen this magic yet. Neither so <laughs> I'm intrigued. And, what, uh, what is this tiny hut you speak of? Yeah. It's basically impenetrable to anyone but us. Oh. So. It doesn't uh, stop people. Pays to have a bookworm in our party, boys. How yeah, tiny are we talking? Uh, enough for all. Uh, Easily enough for us. <laughs> it's just, it's like like just, just Barnabas's head is sticking up. To <laughs> 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 like a circus tent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, saying, it doesn't stop people just waiting outside the realm of it and just waiting for the spell to end. But for its duration, we'll be safe. Well, are we aware of the outside world once we're in it? You can see out of it. They can't see But in. it's opaque to see in. Like they, cool. It's foggy. They can't see in. Uh, and is it worth me getting Ali to do a quick scout around before I take a breather? I think that's a great idea. Uh, Ali will go out, poof out of his uh, little pocket dimension, do a 
That's Do politically incorrect. But you can't say poof on this podcast. <laughs> poof away. You apparate out of a gash in, in time and space. And do a wide arc, um, just a slow wide arc, just trying to see. All right, roll a perception check. What are the rest of you doing while he's about to be attacked? I mean, <laughs> going for a scout. Um, I don't know, Renga, because Renga's got the Gloomstalk ability, so he might take a first watch anyway um, and sit in the shadows so that he is already obscured himself. Um, and that way, at least we get four hours worth of. Ali rolled a double six, so that is nine. Nine perception. Um, but but back to, to Ali, as Morvan sits and Ali shoots up into the air, you begin to circle around this area. He flies straight up out of the cavern that you seem to be in. And as you do, you can see that there seems to be a fog that covers this entire area, which isn't uncommon around these mountainous areas. You also all noticed a, a small drop in temperature. As you did, you can see some peaks of rocks poking through, but the actual terrain below, seeing if anybody would be there, pretty hard for you and Ali at this point. And, um, Burrell. No, I'll, I'll <laughs> see that nothing, well, me seeing nothing but fog, um, I'll pull out Ali back and relay that to the guys that there's fog, uh, fogs, fog, uh, up the top, uh, of this cavern. Right. So we can't see people, can't see anyone. Can't see anything, but I will, uh, summon this honey hut. Before we do that, I'm going to do the whole, um, oily ball bearing trick and, uh, Dip all the ball bearings in oil and then put them around the place so we can make people trip and then light it on fire if we have to. Okay. So you can see Gorgon Board just oiling a ball bearing, doffing it on the ground, and he does that methodically as he Ooh, hits all the exits. Yeah. Um, there's probably four uh, potential exits that you'd need to, to cover. The one that you came in and three additional that seem to weave through different sort of rock areas. I'll say you put the most in the, in the rocky area yep. where you saw the blade impact. I have... Uh... Oh, I have 500 left, so that's probably, to, to be fair, I reckon that's enough for two. I also so. have a hunting trap, which I will place uh, at one of the entrances also. And yep. I will take um, first watch at the remaining exit to guard that. I'll actually take that watch at where Ali flew out, because I feel like if anyone was watching, They'll they would have Ali seen a little out. blip come out yep. if they were. Yeah. Okay. So I'll say you're sitting in uh, at, the, at the northernmost one. Yep. Uh, exit towards your camp. The trap goes to the to the northeast, and mm-hmm. then the eastern track would be where most of the ball bearings are. The southern track being cool. where you yep. came from. Uh, Morvan, you begin to cast your tiny hut for the for the short rest. Uh, what does that look like? You've never done that before. Someone blowing a, a bubble from bubble gum. I think Morvan will. Uh, I'll just sit uh, at the center where this uh, dome will be, and I sort of just put my hands about a foot apart. And I just concentrate on making that space bigger and it just grows out uh, diameter or radius. And once it reaches its full width, uh, it'll go opaque. So I'll say that you were there for the casting ringer and then ventured outwards mm-hmm. so you can pass in between. Yep. Um, not going to stiff you like that. Buddy. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture Fortnite like Brett's going around. Yeah, yeah. Building. Okay, so as this watch goes on during the, the middle part of the day, silence falls across the cavern. You're taking your watch ringer. Roll a perception check, please. 12. Okay. All clear. <laughs> we think. <laughs> no, as you, uh, as you sit, you can 
begin to listen to the various sounds of the cabin happening around you. You hear some scuttling to the left of you. You look and you can see a small uh, mammal-like creature scaling up the rock. As you look towards the floor, though, you can see pebbles and you watch as they begin to vibrate on the floor rhythmically, slow, but rhythmic and seeming pretty far off at this stage. Yeah, but Rengar can tell that whatever that is making a thud noise and footprints, I assume, well, he would hinder a guess that that is footfalls. Yes, very, you would definitely be able footfalls. to know. You would not be able to tell how many, however. You just know that th- something is occurring to make those. Did we travel through forest land to get through to the mountains? Only a small patch of it, probably like okay. 100 meters worth. And then, because there was the trade road, the forest behind you in Monitus to the to the east, there was the trade road, about 100 meters more of forest, and then the mountain pass. So, okay. Um, at the end of what are you gonna do? My watch, uh, Rengar will walk towards uh, the hut. He'll peer in and he'll say to the to the group, "Say, uh, gentlemen, all clear, but it appears we uh, may have some company within the area." And he will gesture to the boys to place your hands on the ground and keep an eye on the pebble. Um, so after twenty or so minutes of you just tracking that seeing them move towards the south and then a little bit further north it stops okay so i've got a roughish bearing on where i think they might have well it might have stopped or whatever but the stopping was abrupt and they were getting closer and closer and closer and then it stopped it's weird like you didn't hear any retreat they just stopped either like a wait like a waiting for something or yeah okay or maybe they saw ellie yeah, would he have been casting that as I was on watch? Or would that have been before? Because that would be before, yeah. But you know that these movements happened after that as well, so it may have been the signaling factor. Right, right, cool. Or you don't, you don't yeah, know. So perhaps I'll say to the guys, when we uh, choose to exit this place, we don't go out the way we came in. And uh, Barnabas... I'm thinking it's an ambush. Uh, like how close? thinking that whatever it is is large enough to possibly see above the trees or have means of seeing above the trees if they've got an inkling that uh, someone has now gone and visited one of their from from the slash mark that you had indicated Rengar this creature is at least 11 feet taller than you so it's arm blade like 11 feet was was higher than what you were sort of pirouetting and doing yeah yeah so the direction we have to go is that back past this Oh, well, what are you guys thinking? Do we want to end this potential threat or do we sort of just want to make a move and see if it chases us? I mean, are we, are we going to figure out what the chains were? Well, Barnabas, I, did you want us to I feel like spend a dumb. day trying to see if we can track uh, your people maybe? It was a month we or didn't ago. Yeah, immediately. We, I mean, we can resolve, we resolve it, but if it's uh, gallivanting around the countryside, then we've got other priorities. And Rango, what was that when that stopped? that something was that like 100 feet uh, 100 meters away or was that like now more than i'm not one to really try and gauge distance off things like that but uh i feel like it's close enough for them to be able to see us if we go out (laughs) we're not running idea of having either of them but what's there you know barnabas that you have to go north and then track to the west in order to get to your current destination it's definitely ambushy all right i have if we try and get random I will consider taking my armor off 
no, no, you misunderstand. You can keep your armor. I have a way. And at that, Rengo will start sort of like pulsing his hands together. Taking flicker. armor off. <laughs> you see his eyes flicker from that, that normal like green, uh, greeny gold flicker and um, they'll pop and they'll look almost all black. And you see this mist occur and he'll push the mist out towards the four of us and he casts Pass Without Trace, um, which grants everyone a plus 10 to stealth. So as we proceed, that is... Inspiration. Happy. Good good thinking. Thank well you. Done. So as you begin to trek out of this area, I'll say the tiny hut has been dissolved. Everybody's short rest accounted for. You've got your hit dice rolled. All right, so you all begin moving through this misted area, and I'll say you guys actually begin to almost camouflage with the, the rocky surroundings based on Rengar's spell. Rengar and Barnabas sitting at the front of the pack, sort of leading you guys through across the northern path. As it opens up, you can see that there is almost like a rocky cliff face and you look down and you can see there is a cavernous drop below. But in this area, you can see that dust or even some of the rock seems to be cracked in large footsteps. And I'll say that probably Gorgonbord, you find one. Um, you know how you go to step down from a step and it sort of takes you aback because the ground's not as level. You sort of look and as you as it pans up around you, you can see you're standing in a giant's footprint. You all see this and you can see them probably tracking towards the, the east across your path that you were going. So it seems that they've either doubled around or they've ventured off into a different way. Like a group of giants. Looks like more than one at this point. There's probably two or three. Do we see any uh, other footprints with them? Drag marks? Or... Um, no. As you look towards this area, even without a check, you'd know that, that this, and you would know Rengar because this is sort of what you do in terms of when you were a soldier. Yeah. This is a scouting party. Mm-hmm. Like just tracking the different sort of places where their regular activities occur. It seems very um, methodical in its track yeah, so it's a path it's not yeah. like a worn track that they sort of do a yeah. regular sweep of yeah all right as you begin to make your way through this area you pass off towards the west and as you do i'll say rengar with your passive perception you're able to then hear and see the rocks begin to vibrate once more getting louder coming from behind you um like you've been moving slowly and stealthily and it seems they've done their path and they've started to come up behind you now. yeah they also probably take one step compared to our like 50 so. yeah um, so with your current stealth checks i will see if they see you but for um thematic purposes i will say that rengar you go and duck behind uh, a large rocky any, spire yeah anything that's got some darkness to it and try and blend in with that and also i'll gesture to you said barnabas was traveling with it i'll put a hand on his chest to know to like to don't to know get down like as in pressure down well i'm sorry i reach up very highly and tap him on the chest <laughs> Uh, and also with the other hand gesture to the boys to pull up and mm-hmm. so I'll say Morvan you're sort of hiding uh, in a crack in the wall I'll say that uh, Gorgon Bort with your stealth check you're sort of laying in, in a divot uh, and you've sort of just got some things to cover you over at this point <laughs> and Barnabas yeah. you're, you're next to Ranga sounds like me <laughs> you can see as moments go by there is just a massive haze that seems to cross the area and what was once a very sort of cold or at least um, cool environment seems to begin to heat up. You can see the condensation begin to drip down the rocks as you hear this 
these footsteps get closer and closer. You can see emanating from the southern path that you had just come from. These three tall, giant folk individual. You can see they all have uh, brown skin or ash-colored skin. You can see that they have facial tattoos that seem to glow in this orange-red ember. All three of them have orange eyes. You can see two of them seem to be male and there's one female. One of them has this scruffy beard that goes down into uh, almost like plaited, uh, flame-like uh, beard that seems to just sway along as it walks. And you can see that all three of them have massive suits of impenetrable armor on. You see the second male individual is housing these two tower shields that seem to be one in its hand and one on its back. You can see the female seems to walk with a sword uh, sheathed, but it is extremely thick. This sword is about two foot thick and probably about 10 feet long. It is a massive blade. You see that she begins walking through and they sort of move into the area and then you watch as one of them begins to sniff. And it's at that point, Barnabas, you hear one of them say, in giant, orcs. Mm. And they begin to smell. You can see that they begin to fan out and Rengar, as you see them, you notice them doing a militaristic sort of parade of the area so they can't miss a single part of this place. You watch as they pass by you and Barnabas and as they do, the heat coming off them is immense. You watch as the female individual passes you, Morven, and you can see the one with the two tower shields move directly over Gorgonport, passes him and stops. You watch as he turns back around and looks towards the floor. He bends right over and he's looking directly at you, Gorgonbort, his eyes on yours, and you can feel this heat coming off of him and you watch as this crooked smile cracks through this ash-like skin. And as he breathes, it's almost like standing next to an open flame. And as he says, something in giant you don't understand, Barnabas, you hear it. And he says, Gotcha. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he slams a hand down on you, and I guess we're all initiative there. Oh. I was hoping I'd have time to, like, find some something to rub myself in as a cologne. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that. <laughs> well, I was trying to find him. I was like, where's my backpack? Fuck. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to thank you guys for tuning in as always and choosing Valiant Odyssey as your Dungeons & Dragons podcast of choice. Today's episode featured Rob as Rengar, Trent as Baron Barnabas, Brett as Morvan, Jacko as Gorgonbort, and me, Aaron, as your faithful dungeon master. We love making episodes here at D&D Valiant Odyssey, and if you like listening to them, we would really appreciate it if you shared this podcast with a friend of yours who loves D&D as well. Simple gestures like that really help small podcasters like us here at D&D Valiant Odyssey and the appreciation is more than you can know. So go ahead, tag somebody in the latest episode announcement on our socials. If you're not connected to our socials, they're in our show notes below. You can find us at Instagram at D&D Valiant Odyssey and drop us a line, say hello, tag us in any post you make about our wonderful podcast and we'll be happy to return the favor. The next episode of Path of the Wild will drop for patrons on the 29th of February. And the very next episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey will be available everywhere you get your podcasts on the 13th of March. We'd like to thank you once again for tuning in. And as always, be valiant. <laughs>